All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the uh, the podcast where we're on remote location from Cabin Coffee in Altoona, and regular listeners to the pod will know our guests. First, we got C Bomb coming up here too. Good morning, C Bomb. Good morning, El Capitano. And then we've got uh, Mr. Joe Grabowski, who we have on every week as well. Now we're in your house. Instead of my house. Well, welcome. Uh, appreciate you having us uh, stop by. And like I was saying before we started pressing record, uh, it's a little bit more of the relaxed atmosphere <laughs> from the uh, studio chair. This is a comfortable chair that might come home with me right now. <laughs> We're sitting out by the fireplace, too. So, But uh, big thanks for letting us hang out here for a little bit, man. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. So... Gotta. We're gonna get right into it. I know we didn't have a Badger game, nope. you know, to prepare for or talk about mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. But there was a little drama, you know, with college football playoff committees and all, that, which was a little still different when you played, though. Yeah. Because it was still voters and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that. Was that something? You know, did it Coach Alvarez or anybody kind of talk about, you know, how it, the process worked? Did you guys understand how that process worked? Was that something you guys paid attention to? That's something that we never had to worry about. I mean, it was out of our control, and mm-hmm. we were worried about them trying to control the controllables, and whatever happened, it wasn't up to us, and we kind of just accepted it for what it was. Right. So Yeah, it's got to be kind of weird. Like, I mean, you have these teams, watch parties and, and all that, and a team like Florida State mm-hmm. who goes undefeated. Right. And doesn't get into the, the top four there. I firmly believe it was a straight-up business decision. You know, backup quarterback and, you know, it's like ratings and, and all that sort of stuff. Because college football is kind of a business, isn't it? Not just kind of a business. It is 1,000% a business. Yeah. And there are millions of dollars that are being generated through college football. And, yeah, I mean, you cannot have a perfect season and, and you expect to make it in. Uh, you couldn't have played better, and every team faces adversity throughout to the entire season. Um, and then for them to be able to pull off on the field of season, yeah, it's. Uh, it, I would be very, very upset if I was a player for all the time and energy that I put forth to this program into the season and to not be able to uh, show up at the dance. Yeah, right. I'd be a little upset. Yeah. So Badgers are going to the Reliquist Bowl, which was the Outback Bowl yep. back in the day. Now, I know you talked about last week it was the Copper Bowl was your first one. Yeah, and we went to the Outback Bowl following that, and uh, we played Georgia, (laughs) and they stomped us. (laughs) 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 I don't like to remember that one. I I prefer to to remember the wins, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we definitely uh, – they gave us a show, that's for sure. So you went to Tampa and played down there? Yep. So you got a little experience down there, Mm -hmm. a little bit there. Was it uh, when you found out you were going to warmer weather climate? Was that a big boost for morale for you guys, or did you not really care about that? You're just going to go wherever they told you to go. We were so spoiled back in the day because we just assumed that we were going somewhere. Mm-hmm. That was the mentality. We were going to go to a bowl game. It didn't, you know, wherever it was. It was just a. I knew I wouldn't be home for Christmas. Yeah, um, and that was the plan, you know. And mm-hmm. I was perfectly content with that. Yeah, exactly. So you remembered you played Georgia that one. It didn't go that well. No. Did not. We don't want to talk about that one, right? No, we're good. <laughs> you followed it up nicely, though, after that, right? A couple of Rose Bowls. Yeah. After we, that. Uh, so. uh, we, we had a learning curve, and then we corrected it. Yeah. So. I like that. So, But uh, we've got a couple questions from, from listeners. And I know Chad here wants to ask you one, but I'm going to – or maybe a couple. I know of one for sure. Yeah, there's there. one big one for me that I want to ask. All okay, right. go for it. It's not even football-related. That's weird. Well, it's somewhat football-related. <laughs> well, I'm sure you get hit with all the football questions yeah. all the time. So that's why. So f- 
football players, big, strong, have to eat a ton. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody likes those pretty lifts. The combine, you're looking at the bench press. Yep. What was your favorite lift? Uh, so I excelled at the power clean uh, that, and the hang clean were my two big ones in squats. Um, bench press, I have long arms that drag on the ground. <laughs> He's a big boy me. for those who didn't don't, help don't know him. My Joe. cause, uh, anything with lower legs, uh, squat, and uh, the hang clean were definitely my my uh, my go to. What do you make of like, because when it comes to like the draft stuff, you hear guys like that tackle's got short arms. Is that a real thing when it comes to? It's such a real thing. Yeah. Um, they have it down to such a science mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL that it's it's crazy how accurate they are. Um, and I had friends that played in the NFL, and it, just talking to them about, about their combine experiences is like unbelievable. The amount of detail and the attention to detail of everything. I mean, you're standing in your underwear on a stage and mm-hmm. <laughs> bending over and like duck walking across the stage, and they're evaluating you. You know. Uh, how well you move your flexibility, like everything, there's no stone unturned. Yeah. So was that, I mean, since you got long arms, you would have played tackle. Mm-hmm. But you like playing guard, I think, in one of your well, one of our questions we had. Yeah, I started playing guard. Uh, <laughs> guard, you're not on an island. Yep. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to look stupid, it's going to be a tackle. <laughs> you know, you get beat, speed rush on the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot more pressure on you. There's a reason why uh, tackles make more money in the NFL. So yep. um, it's a tough spot. You're yep. on an island. You rarely have help. And when you do... Like I said, it's usually one-on-one, so I prefer to play guard, but mm-hmm. I played both. I, this was a question I had, and I'll let you get back in here. But, like, because I like, I, I like the questions when people ask you, like, just kind of the deeper ones or maybe the, the non, you know, normal ones, if we will. Mm-hmm. When I was watching that, you know, that Packer game and such and watching some of these games, as an offensive lineman, and we've talked about, you know, how times you feel like when a play works or, mm-hmm. you know, you're scouting and that. Did you get more pleasure out of a goal line stance where you got that one yard that you needed just one yard, strength versus strength, Mm -hmm. you picked it up, or opening up a big hole for like an 80-yard run? Wow, they're both such awesome experiences. I think anytime you can go for a big run, uh, you want to go for it. You can highlight your, uh, your running back and everybody that does their job correctly. But there's something about one-on-one short distance that uh, if it does not get you amped up or excited, yep. ooh, check, make sure you have a pulse because, uh, yeah, it, it became one-on-one, and, and who wants it more? Right. And, uh, you know, the mentality was is there's nobody that's going to stop us from one yard. And we often even said if it was like even like a, on a goal line, if it was, you know, first and goal or fourth and goal and we were going for it, like the idea was if I score as an offensive lineman, we score. And that was the mentality. And mm-hmm. you could have put a bulldozer in front of me and I had to find a way to move it. Yeah. yeah it's just the way it is. Yeah. that's Because when it gets to those situations, there's not really a lot of game planning. No. Is it? It's just strength it's, versus strength. And who wants it more? Yeah. You know, who's going to get the jump off the ball? Who, and hopefully it's the offense. And I'm not going to get stood up in the hole. Like, I don't care how many guys you stack over me. I'm going to get one yard. Right. I, I told you before, I could lose my leg and I <laughs> would crawl to get the one yard and bite you in the ankle on the way through, you know, because yep. that's just the mentality we had. That's awesome. <clears throat> so my question is, obviously, you got a lot of background playing offensive line. You mm-hmm. know how the offensive – you went to freaking Madison. That's the best offensive. It's like O-line you, right? Yep. So you look at the Packers, and they're shifting their linemen, mm-hmm. cycling through all the – like a lot. Right. Um, how much communication really is going on? And do you think cycling linemen through like that on a – is that – a positive and negative, or is there a lot of issues for communication? 
I think it goes both ways. It depends on how well your guys are practicing and, and how prepared they are. Um, I would rather play with the guys I was with because I know what they're thinking. I know what they're going to do. And you don't have to have a lot of communication when you're playing that long with, with, with people. Uh, you didn't really have to have a lot of, of conversations prior to the snap. You know, and you're always changing, and every person's different. If I'm playing guard and the center is a different center, like, he may take different steps. His technique might be a little bit different. It throws off your game. So I prefer consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. It just makes life easier. Yeah, you know? it's kind of because, like, you asked me that question, and I think the and this might hit you a little bit more because they're doing that with their right guard mm-hmm. where, you know, they're switching in and out. It's not just every other drive, but it's a few times there. Is there something like certain packages for guards? Could could that factor in? Is that not that big of a thing when it comes to offensive linemen? Or you could tell like if one's not a good puller, one's a better run blocker. I mean, it, there's so many variables. But mm-hmm. I said I just think the consistency across the board is the way to go. I I, I don't like changing up the front. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where your your foundation. Right. Uh, you have that cohesiveness. Cohesiveness that that gel that you've been together, you know, working out, sweating, bleeding. And uh, I don't like to change it up. I want to know who's going to be next to me. And because you have that trust, you know, they're making the right calls. They know what they're doing. And so, yeah, I would prefer not to change it up. Now, if you have a stud, you know, or let's say you have a guard that's that's dinged up or wherever and the backup is as good then you do what you have to do in order to win. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I prefer consistency across the board. No, I just I kind of thought of this, too. Um, I don't know if you've heard, like, with the Jets and Zach Wilson. and Apparently he doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to get hurt. And that's kind of calling out the offensive line. But if you're an offensive lineman and you heard your quarterback mm-hmm. or, or somebody say that, I mean, what, what's going through here? I mean, well, you're all, you know. <laughs> take it two ways. <laughs> you know, one, yeah, should he have called you out? No. Offensive linemen know when they're getting their butts kicked and when they're struggling. Yeah. It's a very lonely place in the huddle when there's just five of you and you can't move the ball. And it's three and out, three and out, three and out, sack. I mean, and you can't do anything. If you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball, you're a dead stick. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very lonely place across the front of uh, uh, you know, the fives. So, yeah, probably better ways to go about that, having right. that conversation. I understand running for your life. I understand not wanting to get hurt. You're also making a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. that's your job and anybody would give anything ever to be in your situation because it's a huge privilege to play that game at that level and i think people forget that mm-hmm. because very selected few able to play right. i had every dream and aspiration of going to the nfl it didn't happen am i bitter about it no but the <clears throat> just the ability for you to play this game and make that much money and set your family up if you're smart for the rest of their lives in your life it's a huge privilege mm-hmm. and people far better than me and this guy have played this game and dedicated their life to play this game and you play the game because yeah. you're very fortunate yeah uh we had a couple more questions from from listeners too and, and this one i kind of like too because uh as, as uh ben mentioned here said, Joe, a few times you've mentioned that football has given you so much. Mm-hmm. Has there anything that you've actually regretted from playing football? That's the thing. You know, I, I, I don't – there's not one thing that I regret from football. And I'm beat up. And, I, and, you know, when you're 22, you don't think of it. And I'm 46 now. You know, it hurts to walk. But I don't regret anything. Like, 
do you regret losing games? Yeah, but it's I mean it's over and done with. I don't dwell on that stuff. Everything that I've done in life now has evolved around football. Whether it's my family, um, whether it's this business, whether it was law enforcement, it all kind of coincided. So there's not one thing that I regret. With the same outcome, you know, with the concussions, with the six knee surgeries, I do it all over again yesterday with the, with the exact same results mm-hmm. because that's how much it meant to me. It was the greatest time of my life. Now I'm not saying it was better than my daughter, better than my better than my wedding, better than my son being born. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But in those four years of my life, um, it went by so fast, and it was such a pivotal and inspirational, and you know, just a benchmark for what my life was supposed to be. And and I loved every minute of it, mm-hmm. even when it sucked. Yeah. You know that, that that's what made it great. Mm-hmm. Did you have another one? Well, a quick question, uh, <clears throat> another one not necessarily X and O's related, but I was able to uh, have a discussion with a guy named Kevin Pickleman. He was a defensive tackle for Michigan State. He played for Kirk, in front of Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. um, worked on a project with his dad. But anyway, he talked to me a little bit about the diet that they had in you know leading up to the season. Did they have you on a pretty strict, strict diet, and can you give a little example <laughs> of what a day might look like in, the li- uh, in a lineman's perspective? Well, uh, after the Georgia game, uh, it was decided that we were too too big and too heavy because they, they they ran us all over the field. So before, prior to that, we're like, we need, we need you bigger, we need you bigger, we need you bigger, you know, maintain, maintain, and everything was fine. Well, then it was viewed that we were too too slow up front, and that's when the weight uh, cuts started coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, we already ran and worked out enough to, like, just to kill you. And uh, so we'd have surprise weigh-ins throughout the week. And if you weighed an ounce more than you weighed previously. Uh, so it was almost like you were in wrestling, it seemed like. to be Very much so. Uh, the punishment was they would put a 300-pound offensive lineman on the uh, stair stepper and set it for a 100-pound guy. Oh, jeez. And uh, <laughs> if the pedals hit the ground, you start it over. Oh. So you're sprinting. Um, so that alone, that, that fear... <laughs> I cut weight really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped thirty six pounds in three weeks, and oh uh, yeah, and uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's 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 regimented. It's different now uh, from at Wisconsin. They have they have like meal plans, and you can go into a cafeteria. We, we we were old school, like we didn't have any of that stuff. You got a a Badger Max, a metric shake, and some protein bars, and you're on your way. That was the extent of it, you know, especially during the day. So. Yeah, um, diet was important. I don't think – I think it's more important now than it was back then. Mm-hmm. You know, carb up was still a big thing, but I think it's more of a science now. I think yeah. that we really improved on that and, you know, how important your diet is to performance. Yeah, and I think, you know, to kind of feed off that, something you and I talked about one time was because when I was talking to some athletes, one of their things were they forget to eat because their schedules were so busy. Mm-hmm. And Joe kind of said the same thing. That is one of the things with yep. being a college athlete, that's almost at the bottom. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Line. I mean, it's the best thing I learned in college was uh, time management mm-hmm. because I still had to go to school. I still had to perform in the classroom. I still had to maintain a GPA. Um, and I walked out with a degree. And so, like, that was super important. Your day started at, like, 6 in the morning. You're in the weight room. And I'm still open. I, I cracked my book. You know, when I'm finally done with the day to do homework at sometimes seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it was. 
I look back, I don't even know how I did that. You know, honestly, you, look, you, you think back and, you know, in amazement, like, how the heck did I even like, maintain that schedule? But yeah, because you have to. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> because there's no other option. Right. There's no NIL for me to transfer out of. It's This is it. Yeah. This is what I agree to. You sign your name. This mm-hmm. is it. So uh, we had another question too. Uh, they wanted to know: Was there a certain player you emulated or grew up, maybe kind of watching a lot, or even at the, at the college level? So um, Jeff Dellenbach played for the Packers, yep. played for the Dolphins. He was from Wassa. Uh, so uh, as a kid, me being from that area, I, I emulated, I watched him. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that was somebody. Like obviously, he played at you know at that level and his and I actually just met him for the first time ever because I was a fan from afar. I just met him probably a month ago. Uh, I went to a, a game at Lambeau Field and I got to be up in the suite with the players and it was a cool experience and he walked in and I was like this little fanboy starstruck <laughs> and I even walked over and like and said hey you know I introduced myself and I said you know because we're, we're from the same hometown and uh, yeah, it was a very cool experience. And I thought I was a large man, and you know, but he shook my hand, and I've never felt my hand small before in my life. But yeah. that guy's got some hooks. Yeah, just <laughs> unbelievable. But yeah, just a cool guy. That is awesome. Yeah, just awesome. That's just really it. cool. So, you have any, I, didn't want to I, did, I did have one more question. Yep. I don't know if you have a story about him or not, mm-hmm. but one of my top ten guys that I would love to have a beer with if mm-hmm. I had a top ten list is Barry Alvarez. Yeah. Do you have any stories or anything cool, anything you can talk about? (laughs) Uh, You know, I just think that, you know, the guy has such a reputation for being just an outstanding human being. And uh, I think it was 2019, we went back and they dedicated the Camp Randall Field to Barry Alvarez Field. And it was like a reunion and uh, players from, you know, all over the place uh, from every whoever played for him. And it was the coolest thing because that guy is just so revered amongst, you know, the players, um, the fans in in the state of Wisconsin because of what he did pulling Wisconsin football out of the out of the cellar that we it were was horrible. in. It was horrible. I mean, you're giving away season tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't fill the stadium, and uh, for him to come in here and 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 pull that around, like the only thing I could kind of. It's like talking to the Godfather. Like seriously, Madonna. that yeah, kind of that presence. Um, he he walks into a room and he immediately ha- he has a room. Like he's just unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, to this day, if he walked in here right now and said, "Hey, I need you to run through that wall," I do it. With, I do it without hesitation. Like that's just the, you know the kind of faith that we had in him, and just a tribute to how great of a coach he was in a person um, and tough. And, you know, played the game and coached the way it was supposed to. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to follow a guy that was an All-American linebacker at, at Nebraska. And not just a guy that talks to talk, but he walked it too. And, uh, yeah, obviously, his success is unbelievable here in the state. And, uh, yeah, he's just an amazing person. I think awesome. the one thing that really stood out to me when you talked about that might have been that 2019 thing too, Joe, where he remembered you. Yeah. You know, he remembers all of his players yeah. after all these years. Mm-hmm. Family. Yep. That was asking about your family by name, too. Yeah. To, to remember all, I mean, how many players and individuals he's affected throughout his life. It's unbelievable. Um, I can't even remember if you want a cream in your coffee, and I turn around and ask you three times, and uh, he's pulling uh, that stuff out, and it's just unbelievable. He's down-to-earth, approachable. It's just, again, like, he's just 
an amazing person and uh, so revered by his players mm-hmm. and so protected by his players because the guy was just an amazing human being. And, yeah, like, yeah, we love the guy, and we still do. So, yeah. Like, I was kind of actually wondering, too, like, if he was in – you guys were in Florida State's position. What his response would have been like? I can't imagine. No, um, I, I think it would have been pretty. Uh, I understand where Florida State's coming from, and uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine those kind of conversations. Um, but I'm glad I, they all make more money than I do. So right. there you go. Exactly. Let them figure it out. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, before do we kind of start to wrap it up? Once you find out the bowl game that you're in, mm-hmm. what is that month like? Is it just straight up practice? Is it like spring ball? Or like what 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 is that month like for you guys? You know, it looks great on on TV. You know, you're seeing the sun and the beaches and the sand, and it's a business trip, one thousand percent. We played in the Rose Bowl. We were doing two a day full pack practices with scrimmages in it. Like you're already beat up. Um, they're smart about it, but this is not a time for you to get rusty. And uh, they work you. Yeah. He, we got worked, and it was not a slouch. It almost became almost like a second uh, football camp, like a, like a like a fall camp. I mean, very rigid. Did they allow us to do fun stuff? Yes, they did. You know, that was part of the experience. You know, got to do all the team stuff and go and see some of the cool sites. But all in all, it's a business trip, and that was the mindset. And it was it was enforced. This is a business trip. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. If you win, you get a day mm-hmm. to celebrate. If you don't win, mm, we're going we're going home. Yeah. <laughs> and we're starting over because next season starts tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of the mentality. Uh-huh. You know, so which is great. I mean, the last thing you want to do is work that hard in the season and get to that point of your life, you know, where you're competing in a bowl game, representing the university, representing your, your football team, your coaching staff. And then all of a sudden you come out there and lay an egg. It, it, it's embarrassing, you know, and uh, we, we didn't, except for when we lost to Georgia. <laughs> but uh, after that, we didn't, yeah. you know. So, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, but business, 100%. So I've been to a lot of places. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you've been to California? Oh, you've been here? I'm like, yeah. what would you do? Business. Football. Yeah, Football. Business. Yep. Yeah. We had meetings. We had film. We had two-day practices. We we're going full pack. Like, it, it is 100%. Mm-hmm. And then one thing, too, is you didn't want to get anybody in trouble. You know, nobody like, want to do something stupid and getting right. arrested down in, you know, at one of the bowl games. So it was very strict. It was very right. regimented. Exactly. Well, before we let you go, of course, you've uh, I've got the Breve uh, mm-hmm. over here uh, oh. as well. But we got the flavor of the month. It is Christmas time. Is It's all decorated. Christmas yep. Over here the too, peppermint so. mocha yep. is uh, flying off the shelf. We're doing very well with that. And, uh yeah, it's uh, been going well. Would you uh, order over there, C-Bomb? I ordered. I always go black coffee. Yep. But I, I got the coffee cake. It is amazing. I've, <laughs> I've gone through the drive-thru here. The coffee is excellent. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying that just because I'm sitting here. It's right. really good. And But coming in here, it is freaking awesome in here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's a cool cool atmosphere. They got good food. Great. Yep. The coffee's phenomenal. I'm, I'm buying I'm, one of those <laughs> Joe mugs when we're done here with your... <laughs> yeah. With uh, the, the eye candy on there. Kind of crazy how fast those things are, are selling off the shelf. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we had one of our regulars came in. It was for my birthday and designed it, and I didn't know anything about it. And I walked through one day. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I want my mug on a mug. That's really what I'm right. looking for. I think I've made it. 
Well, no, hey, perfect Christmas is... gift along with Absolutely. the gift cards and the roasted coffee too. So. Gift cards are big this time of year. If yeah. you can't figure out what to buy that special somebody that's a, you know, uh, hard to shop for, gift cards are always a sure bet. And yeah, everyone drinks their coffee. Absolutely. Yep. It won't Absolutely. go to waste. So. Well, Joe, we appreciate uh, the time and letting us uh, hang out. If you don't mind doing it, if, if uh, C-Bomb and I kind of do a little bit more here. No, you guys uh, do you. Absolutely. So, but uh, always love our conversations with you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. So, you got it, bud. Have a good one. Thanks, Joe. Winter is here in the Chippewa Valley, which means it's even more important to make sure you have a good vehicle to hit the winter roads of Wisconsin. Need that vehicle for this winter season? Look no further than Toys and Ford in Chippewa Falls. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV from their new or used inventory, Toys and Ford has the vehicle you're looking for. Making sure you have a good, proper working vehicle is incredibly important this winter season, and Toys and Ford knows that. Just give them a visit today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard and visit toysandford.com. Prepare for the holidays with your local holiday headquarters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Whether you're looking to prepare for a big holiday feast or looking to grab some party platters, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has everything you need to make your holiday get-togethers extra special this year. And remember, Hy-Vee in Eau Claire is your headquarters for all of your catering needs for those work Christmas parties. From a wide selection in their meat department, bakery goods as far as the eye can see, and a massive wine and spirits department, Hy-Vee has something for everyone. Plus, get some Christmas shopping done with their new toy aisles and sports shop. Get ready for the holidays with High V. All right, we are back at uh, Cabin Coffee with just C-Bomb and myself. That was your first time talking with uh, Mr. Joe. First time talking to Joe. He's yeah. a good dude. He is a good He's dude. He's a large right? man. He looks like he could still line up. Exactly. So always, I always really love our conversations with Joe, just his perspective on everything. And, and obviously the guy who's been in the trenches before, right? Yeah. Exactly. So... All right, see you, Bob. I know we only got a little bit here because you got to get to work and I got to get back to work here too. So uh, let's kind of do maybe a quick rundown on everything. Absolutely. Right I now. could lick this plate, by the way. That is that coffee it, cake. That coffee cake was amazing. It was really, really good. Well, really you chowed good. it down, bro. Oh, like. it's delicious. It's got some like <laughs> cinnamon and caramel stuff in it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Hudson's favorite here is a cinnamon roll because they're about the size of your head. So. Ooh, I might have to get one. Yeah, they're really good too. Got to uh, got to consume calories to burn them, Dan. <laughs> All right, dude. Are you uh, still eating crow this week? I'm still eating crow. Uh, like crow medium rare. Well yeah, done, he's or, raw. You know, slit open the belly and just start eating. <laughs> I, I'm still not a fan of his bend don't, don't break. I, you know, let time tell. I'm just you can't argue with victories, and yeah. hey, he's. It's almost as if the Packers just and Joe Barry they've decided we're going to give you to the twenty. You're coming down to the twenty, and then we're going to stop you, and you're going to kick a field goal. It's just—it seems that's how they work. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that's going to work in the playoffs, but hey, let let's see what happens. I almost felt like, and I could be completely wrong, which is probably the truth here, but I almost felt like in that game against the Chiefs, they had the game plan of like we're going to let you run, but we're not letting Patrick Mahomes beat us. We've got two corners, one's a seventh round rookie. The other one's a practice squad call-up. They've been playing well, but it's also Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And it almost felt like that we're going to let you run it. We're going to let you waste a lot of time on the clock running that football as long as Patrick Mahomes doesn't get going and does Patrick Mahomes things. I felt like that was the case. I think a lot of that also has to do you can get away with that if your offense is playing as well as Green Bay did in that game, where for the first time – I think this year for me, you felt like 
hey, we're going to move the ball on offense. Like, right. like Jordan Love's going to make these passes. We're actually moving the ball. I don't think you play that. St- that defense works if your offense is also working. And I just felt like that was almost a mindset of that defense. Let them waste as much time because what? First quarter, each team had one possession. Yeah. I, I mean, it was going like that. I mean, you're limiting the possessions for Patrick Mahomes out there. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't know if that was right. It, that's kind of what it felt like. It also worked because of the sacks down in the red zone. Lucas Van Ness, Kenny Clark, and Rashawn Gary. Yep. To hold him to field goals. So maybe I'm grasping at straws. It just that's what it felt like to me at that point. I concur. I think <clears throat> I think that was their plan. Limit Patrick Mahomes. What I also see, and we've been seeing it week over week now, which I'm fired up about, is the growth. And it wasn't Six weeks ago, I was ready to run my head through the wall because we had three wide receivers standing within two yards of each other. And now we've got wide receivers running across at different levels. We're running jet sweeps with J. Ron Reed. We got Dontavian Wicks Wicks championship. (laughs) Dontavian Wicks is is showing up and showing out. And, you know, we're not, we don't have Aaron Jones. We don't have Luke Musgrave. So I think the growth of this offense and these young players, I mean, they're starting to make plays. Christian Watson, granted, you know, his hamstrings are made of glass and he's hurt again, but he showed that when he's healthy, that kid can make plays. He's going up and making contested catches. He's, he's, I, I think the sky's the limit for him if, if he can stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot to be excited about at 1265. The thing with Jordan Love, too, that I am happy to see is, you know, for a guy who was struggling for a little bit in that stretch, October, right? I mean, the whole month of October, end of September, October. Yep. A lot of times I think you see guys then start to, all right, not be as aggressive, try to play the safe, really dink and dunk a whole lot. Those throws that he Lions game and then the Chiefs won, he's not doing that. He's still being aggressive. He's fitting them into tight holes. Yep. You know, he's pushing it down the field. And, again, I don't know if I'm making too much of it, but – you know, you look at Zach Wilson or some of these guys when things are going bad, maybe they kind of like start to hunker in, like, okay, I, I'm press, I don't want to make any mistakes and play it too safe. And then a lot of times you get in trouble that way. Love's not doing that. He stayed pretty much the course, is staying aggressive. And that was, I mean, that performance throwing, I'm not comparing him to the guy, but it reminded me of Prime Rodgers, where he's throwing the ball down the field, tight windows anticipation throws were there he wasn't waiting for guys to get out of their breaks he threw them into breaks and i if that if that's the love that we're gonna see this franchise is in good shape for the next 15 years 10 oh, 15 years absolutely you know he he's showing improvement every week and he's making those throws he's anticipating like you said and yeah i mean and at one point he was like 13 of 16 he's yeah. efficient and yeah. he's efficient throwing the ball down the field right now mm-hmm. so some of those throws I mean, it does seem like he's throwing off no feet a little too often, or th- like yeah, throwing off. He's, a- he's taking that from his uh, proteges. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it. This team's come a long ways in a short time, and I think they're it's given given people hope. I think all the you know Sean Clifford requests have kind of died down finally. Yeah. So I, I thought of this the other day, and I know it's too early to say this, but I do think a lot of it has to do. You got to give Matt Lafleur credit. Uh, because, I mean, he's the guy that's molding Jordan Love, right? You Absolutely. Know, he's came in, had Aaron Rodgers and that. But you look at it, and you look at the, the tree he has come from, and you see all these quarterbacks that have come, come through it. 
And I'm like, okay, which coach would I rather have molding my quarterback? Because, and I'm not trying to knock on him. Sean McVay won with Matthew Stafford once they got Matthew Stafford. They traded away Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. You'd throw Kyle Shannon in there because of what they're doing with Brock Purdy. I mean, you know, got to give him credit there. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Brock Purdy. But then you kind of look at, you know, Matt LaFleur when he was with Atlanta. That's when Matt Ryan won MVP. Comes in, yes, has Aaron Rodgers. But the job he's doing with Jordan Love right now, too, and molding him, I mean, literally molded him from day one, kind of like Mike McCarthy did with Rodgers. You know, I, I don't want people to forget McCarthy had a hand in molding here. Absolutely did. In there. Yes. You know, the, the job he's doing, I'm not saying coach the year, but I think people kind of have to look at this now. If they if they get double-digit wins. He has to be coach of the year. I'm just saying, man, double-digit wins. That's only four more. With this team, with, okay, their average age, youngest team in the league, average age. They're younger on offense, though, than their average age. Right, which is 25 years yeah. and whatever months. Yeah, like Elton Jenkins and A.J. Dillon are the oldest guys. Right. Not counting David Bakhtiari because he's not playing. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron Jones is probably on there, you know, one of the oldest guys. How do you not talk about that? Like, I feel like Coach of the Year is turning into MVPs where it's like, ah, oh, whoever got the most wins. Yep. You know, MVPs are like, ah, oh, who's got the best statistics quarterback-wise. He gets double-digit wins. Matt LaFleur better get some recognition. And for the same thing with those Jordan Love haters, everybody who thought Matt LaFleur wasn't a good coach. Absolutely. I agree, and I, I couldn't – I couldn't. there's no way to disagree with that. And I think you take a guy, you take Matt LaFleur's body of work, right? He had an MVP quarterback last year mm-hmm. and won eight games with him. So he loses an MVP quarterback. He, he's got the youngest roster in the NFL. He's got a first-year starter, and he's going to improve on that eight-win season. You know, everybody thought eight wins is the benchmark. That's what I looked at, and, and I thought if we win nine, that's a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I still think nine is my number, but of these next five games, I, I don't want to say they should be able They, but the winning out is a realistic possibility. Yeah. They might lose one or two. That's fine. But, I mean, the, the job he's done has been amazing. He's yeah. taken and molded this young team, and they're producing. Especially after the start they had, they had how many days did they go without a win? Right, you know, forty some days. Right, yeah. So phenomenal job. That and I feel like, and again, this is just based off TV. Started with that Thanksgiving game, and I noticed it again Chiefs game. It almost seems like Lafleur is a lot more intense on that sideline. Like the look that he has when that camera flashes on him, Mm -hmm. it looks like he's more like. It looks like he wants to suit up and go out there. Right. And I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if it was, you know, maybe it's just something, again, I've noticed. It just seems like the guy is more into it, more intense. And I feel, and I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did. The post-game locker room mm-hmm. where he's just, like, yelling the first two times. You know, that was a narrative, too, a couple months ago. I had people texting the show saying, LaFleur doesn't have the locker room. He's lost the locker room. One, you don't know that. We don't know that. We're not freaking in there. Mm-hmm. But when I see a video like that, there's no way he's lost that locker room. No. No way. What I love is that I think LaFleur finally feels like, okay, this is my team. He yeah. doesn't have to appease and tap dance around 12 anymore. Yep. He doesn't have to dink around with all the, you know, what ifs if, if he pisses off 12. Yep. This is his team and he's doing his thing. Yep. And I think the team's responding to him. And I think, you know, Kurt Benkert, I don't know if you saw this just the other day, he went on. Because he's admitted, he's critical of Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Yep. He's been critical of Matt Lafleur, and he went on and said he is wrong and should be in the running for Coach of the Year. I did not see that. Yep. But, so okay. go back and look. He he and 
that's one reason I like watching or following Kurt Benkert because he he tells it how it is. Yeah, and he's objective. So um, he's 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 fun to follow. If if people if people out there don't follow Kurt Benkert, jump on the train. He's he's a fun follow. I was kind of curious. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, how has his attitude, or I should say attitude, but has his thoughts changed from what he has seen the last couple weeks with this with this offense and and such? But I also think though too, Lafleur has grown too. Yeah, you know, he's grown with this team. You can do so much in practice and preseason training camp. You can do so much watching film. You've played sports. I've played sports. It's different when you're actually playing the game. Right. So I think by him, you know, being with those guys and calling those plays, he's also grown with those guys, which is what exactly what you want to see. Yep. I think not ready to close this chapter on this season because it's been flipping fun as hell. Like, I don't know if you heard me say this the other day, watching that Chiefs game. That stress in me started to get back where you had that stress like you had to win every single game. Like that was your expectation. Yep. It started creeping in again for me for the Chiefs. And I'm like, I didn't realize how much I missed this <laughs> because you had that, that expectation. The win was coming back. Yep. And, you know, I, I came into the season thinking, oh, I'm not going to have any expectations. It's going to be fun. And it's been a really fun season. But now it's like, shit, we're in December and... We control our destiny to where we could go to the playoffs right now. We're in the playoffs right now. Yeah. It's our spot to lose. Exactly. It's exactly the position you want to be in if you're a team, which was different than last year because they needed Washington to lose. They needed all those other dominoes to fall. And they needed to beat Detroit, and they couldn't do it with 12. Yep. So I'm having a blast this season. Yeah. It's it's really the last three weeks has turned it all around. It is too great. You know, I know he's not on the team anymore, but. You know, Aaron was on Pat yesterday talking about his Jets team and, you know, winning organizations don't have these leaks and all that. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore in Wisconsin. Yep. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I said it a week or two ago that I don't miss waiting to hear what bomb's going to drop on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And and I appreciate the hell out of Aaron Rodgers. I love the guy. Oh, I yeah, hope he does. Here. I hope he comes back and I hope he lights it up in the AFC and does well. Because he, he was a great player and did so much for for us as yep. Packer fans. But this new leaf, this new chapter, and, and having that, you know, excitement for what could become, it's yep. it's just, I, I'm excited for this team. I'm not the biggest fan, but to wrap it up, I'll say this. And I know you, I think you kind of like him. I don't agree with him a lot. Colin Coward uh, said this about love, that he's, you know, grown with these young guys. But he's going to make a mistake. And it's not like Aaron playing with the younger guys where Aaron's going to throw a fit. You know, he's, he's got that level of perfection. Mm-hmm. We've seen the body language over the years. You're not going to see that with love, at least right now. And that, I think, is helping with everybody. Grow- because love knows he's going to make, you know, mistakes. You're not seeing any of that negative body reaction or anything like that. And maybe that's one of those things, too, that Rodgers or uh, Love learned from Rodgers, too, not to do. Like, you heard Rodgers here say, you know, there was stuff that he did differently than Favre, like not having his presser in the media room. He'd always have it at his locker with everybody else. I bet you Love has learned some stuff that not what to do either from watching Aaron Rodgers. I believe he has. I've thought of that myself. And, and you know, one thing I love about Love <laughs> is uh, he's always cool, calm, and collected. He gets fired up after they score a touchdown. He'll show a little emotion then, yep. but otherwise, you don't know if he just completed one for forty yards or got sacked for ten yep. and made Carlson kick an extra long field goal. Yep. Who was money, by the way? That 
That that dude had some balls. I'll tell you, I thought he was going to miss it. I was nervous. I was thinking about training camp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. And what is he doing down the middle? Nuts it. That was God. Uh, God. Yeah, he didn't. We lose that game. No, no, I agree. Yep. And I feel like a lot more people should be talking about that kick. Yeah, and and the call from Lafleur. Mm-hmm. We're not going to punt it and pin him deep and play play not to win. We're you kicking this fucker. Did that with a rookie kicker in that yep. situation. You're exactly right, man. Exactly right. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks, Ebon, for coming by for some coffee and that. Oh, so, phenomenal coffee! People yeah. have to get out here. Cabin coffee and absolutely and River I'm Prairie. Amazing. One of those mugs and keep it in the studio for my morning coffee. Oh yeah. With Joe's face on her. It's a big one, too. So. Well, he's a big dude. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. And give us a review. Five-star rating as well. And plus, we've got that new Facebook group. Got some good discussions going on over there. Yeah, got some good one. I yeah. just dropped one on there about Goot's draft this year. Yeah. And uh, yep. I've, I've been critical of Goot, and I think he knocked one out of the park this he year. He did. He did. So make sure you join that on Facebook, too. Uh, until next time, big thanks to our sponsors, Hy-Vee, Toys and Ford, and thanks again to Cabin Coffee for letting us hang out here for a little bit. But uh, we'll chat with you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.